The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. But all sports to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or head over to BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's sobet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. Back in again from Lowton for Chris Wood, who should have done better. Glorious early opening for Burnley that's been spurned. I just wonder whether there was a bit too much pace on it and he actually saw it quite late. That's a great ball at the top from Shaw the other end. Cristiano Ronaldo! Well, you'd have put your house on him scoring there. And five minutes in, he should be 1-1. Here's Greenwood. And a second bite of the cherry with the Cavani and Ronaldo waiting. McTominay trying his luck. One Manchester United. And the right way he sends the first goal is going to be so, so important as it might be many times in Ralph Ranić's reign. It's Manchester United that provide it. A real settler for the men in red. Sancho. Taking over, able to cover some distance, and squeezing it in. Jaden Sancho doubling the lead. Yeah, I just wonder whether there was a, a little touch from me as he's kind of trying to make his way back. Yeah, he does. It, I think it's it's going wide. He's certainly not going to find a United teammate. McTominay again. Great save, tipped in. It's a nervy opening 10 minutes at times for them. Well, 10 attempts to 5 now in United's favour. Burnley tried to rectify that with Lennon. And he squeezed it in. And Burnley are on the board. Expertly taken goal by Aaron Lennon. His first ever here at Old Trafford. Sancho. Ronaldo. Sancho doing well to find him under duress. Just got a finger to it. McTominay really has his shooting range tonight. Well, McTominay just thinks he's at the coconut shy. West would be able to exploit the gift. Almost. 
very close as Tarkovsky coming in through a crowd at the far post quite get it the right side of the post You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account. That's at Bet MUFC, at Bet MUFC. You can follow me on the Soccer Gambling Podcast Twitter account. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Looking to release a few more free plays here at the start of the year. But to get all of my official plays, there is no better time than to head over to LockBetting.com. We have just delivered our 103rd month in a row of Transparent Track Profit. That means for over eight and a half years, I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting. And this one was a big one, delivering over 37 units of profit, over £3,700. That's good for over $5,000 in the month of December. So my clients would have had a very, very good Christmas winning that money. Of course, we are doing very well with the free plays and the locks across all the podcasts, but it's over at lockbetting.com where the serious money is made on every single sport and you can be a part of that. You can stop being a loser at gambling and you can win money every single month. So turn your gambling around, start your year right and head over to lockbetting.com this January and become a member and get on the journey for 104 months of Transparent Track Profit. This is a massive month as we head to Towards the end of the NFL season, we're smack bang in the middle of the NBA season, smack bang in the middle of the soccer season. And of course, we have tennis coming back as well. We made a ton of money on tennis last year and the first Grand Slam of the year is around the corner with the Australian Open. So if you want to make that money, head over to lockbetting.com. Moving on with this edition of BetMUFC. Before we can look ahead to the game against Wolves tomorrow, we need to look back at the game against Burnley. And it seems to me like we've become the ultimate team of complete overreactions. If you look at Manchester United Twitter, we always overreact to to everything. We overreact to any losses and at the same time, we overreact to any kind of positive performances. We turn a decent performance into a world-class performance and exaggerate where we're at and talk about us being back and being ready to do this, that and the other. And if we lose a game or we put out a poor performance, it's all doom and gloom. We need to sell everybody. We need to sell everybody when we lose or or put out a bad performance. And we are just one or two players away from being perfect if we put out a good performance. Usually the targets are McTominay and and Fred or referred to as McFred when, when, um, when we're talking about missing pieces here in this Manchester United jigsaw. Well, Scott McTominay had, had a great game and nobody was talking about him. And suddenly it became a case of, oh, if only we can find someone to play alongside McTominay. If only we can find somebody to replace Fred. But yeah, it was Fred who had a really, really good game against Crystal Palace and scored the winning goal in that game. You can't have these hot takes all of the time on Twitter. And that's the problem. That's why you just disregard these supporters. I honestly feel that some of them aren't watching all of the games properly. They're just watching goals or highlights. I don't feel like they go to Old Trafford. I feel like they're all around the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. When you're the third biggest franchise on the planet, you're going to have that kind of supporter base. But I would just tread very, very lightly when taking notice of the narrative. What I try to do here on BetMUFC is give the most balanced approach, balanced view of, of what I'm seeing. And what I'm seeing so far is a team that hasn't really come that that far forward since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We've won games that I would have expected to win under Ole. If Ole was given that extra time under normal circumstances, I think he would have won those games. The problem was, 
is that off the back of the defeat against Liverpool, there was a real feeling that that was it. That was a real feeling that that result was too much to come to get past. And there was more than 50% of the supporters at that point that wanted him to leave. And obviously the Watford result was the final nail in the coffin because that falls into the category of games that we are expected to win, much like these games that Ralph Ragnick is winning at the moment, although he didn't win away to Newcastle. And the most worrying thing about that is that it was just a really, really awful performance. But I do think these players are settling into the Ragnick way and this is the kind of thing that you expect performance-wise. A lot of up and down performances. What concerns me the most still, harping back to that report, is that the players don't like his methods, don't like staying at the training ground till 5pm. That to me sounds ridiculous and it's been echoed and confirmed by far too many people for it to be a bullshit report. There's obviously something to it and to me that's very, very concerning. So when we're talking about bringing these new players into the club, no matter how good certain players look at certain clubs, I do feel that when they when they get into this Manchester United culture, this kind of toxic atmosphere, I feel that the players' performance will go down automatically being around this kind of culture where certain players manage to get away with underperforming. I think the key part of um, signing Cristiano Ronaldo is that it would eliminate that culture, whereas a lot of people are looking for him to do this, that and the other on the pitch. One of the things that I thought would be good about signing Cristiano Ronaldo would be the fact that He brings in a winning mentality. He brings in a level of professionalism that I think these young players lacked. And when I heard early doors that when he came in and he was eating in the cafeteria and whatnot with the rest of the players and he wasn't having a dessert and all of a sudden all of these players ditched the desserts, I thought that was a step in the right direction. It sounds small, it sounds ridiculous, but having a professional like that influence on your team is a big deal. Obviously, the the influence has gone the other way in terms of having negative body language, having a go at the players and stunting the development of players who play in his position. I mean, this could have been a season where Mason Greenwood would have been the starter and would have played. And for me, Mason Greenwood is the best finisher at the club. When you look at Cristiano Ronaldo's finishing, he isn't finishing every single chance he gets. In fact, he doesn't look like the same player that was even at Juventus last season in terms of the number of goals he's scoring from the chances that he's getting. He's missed a lot of chances in the Burnley game as well. It's a game he should have had a hat-trick. And that game itself could have gone both ways. It could have been a game where he did get a hat-trick, where Man United went in at half-time 5-1 up and and put their foot down on the gas in the second half. Or it could have been a game where Burnley got back into it in the second half. And that would have been a complete disaster for Man United when you look at the fact that Burnley have barely played in December and Burnley are just coming off the back of a 3-1 defeat against Leeds today. And I think when you look at that result, it takes some of the gloss of what of what Manchester United did by beating Burnley 3-1 when Leeds have got exactly the same result today. And I'd like to think that Man United are way ahead at Leeds at this point in time with Leeds missing players and being in a relegation battle somewhat. So I don't think it's an unbelievable result. I do think it was a good performance for the first half an hour, 40 minutes. I feel like Manchester United were pretty solid. I feel like they were more energetic. I feel like they were winning the ball high at the pitch. But at the same time, you're playing a team that were massively rusty. So how much can you really take away from it? I think this test against Wolves is going to be a lot more different. I think it's going to be a lot more impressive if we can do that again. This team's proven that they are very, very difficult to break down. And I'm a little bit worried about the game. And uh, I'll let you know why once we get around to covering that game properly. But as I said, finishing up on this Burnley game, 
Um, we need to put things into perspective. We need to have leveled takes. We can't have this hot take when we lose or play badly and these hot takes when we play well. That seems to be the case on Manchester United Twitter. And I need to keep a level head here on the show. And that wasn't a overly unbelievable performance. It was a performance you expect. I expect us to beat Burnley. I expect us to beat a team that haven't played for a long, long time. Barely played in the month of December. They're rusty. We're fresh. Given the fact that we're able to rotate a lot of the team around, came in with completely different fullbacks, came in with a different um, defensive pairing. So it felt like we were a fresh team going into that game. A lot, a lot of minutes in the game against Newcastle. And I mean, the team barely ran in that game. So I wouldn't really put too much emphasis on that and say that we played this game a few days before and then we had to play again against Burnley when a lot of the players were rotated and it was a very, very poor performance by Man United. So... I think that um, it was a very, very good spot for Man United and we'll see what happens here in this Wolves game. In this particular game, Wolves didn't play last time out there. The game postponed against Arsenal. So they are actually fresh in terms of they have played a lot of football in December, but they've got this key little break of missing one game. So they haven't been hampered by the Christmas period. They have a normal amount of rest. They've It's been a normal amount of time since they played their last game. So that makes them difficult opponents. They're certainly not rusty. In fact, they're perfectly well rested coming into this game. And you would say, theoretically, they have the advantage in terms of rest and the fact that the scheduling has allowed them to, well, COVID has allowed them to miss that game against Arsenal. And now they come into this game with Manchester United with a week off. So in that sense, it will be advantage to Wolves. It will be a more difficult game. And uh, we'll just see how that one plays out. Before we move on to discussing it fully and looking at the betting odds for it, let's listen to what Ralph Ragnick had to say about the win against Burnley. You wanted a big improvement on the last two games. Did you get that? Yes, I think so. It was, uh, as expected, a very tough and difficult game um, against a team who played very physical and very direct. We knew that in advance. So the important part was that we met the physical demands and also the tactical demands. Um, whenever the ball was in their half, we did well. We also showed the qualities that we have in our team when it was important to score. Um, in our half, we still have a few things uh, to improve on and uh, we will work on that. But again, it, it was important today to, to raise the energy level and physically and energetically, it was a good performance. Did Scott McTominay personify that energy that you wanted? Yes, uh, of course. I mean, we, I'm, I was very happy that he could play. It was not, we only decided that uh, this afternoon because of his ankle injury that he, that he collected at, at the game at Newcastle. So it was good to have him in the team again. Who else impressed you? Well, I think it's not. It doesn't make sense to speak about individual players. The whole team performance was 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 a lot better. And as I said, it was important to meet the physical demands today. Um, I was also uh, I was also pleased with the performance of our wingers. Uh, Jaden did well, especially after he scored. You could see that uh, that it lifted his his confidence level. Uh, and the same with Mason. So uh, and Eddie, uh, the work ethic was amazing. Together with Cristiano, they did a good job against the ball. Um, and, uh, yeah, as I said, overall, it was a good performance. Were you more direct tonight? Uh, it seemed to be David De Gea played the ball longer, more often tonight. Was that something that you purposely wanted? 
well, <laughs> Burnley puts you constantly tries to put to put you under pressure, so it makes sense to play the long ball on and off uh, because whenever we played the square ball, too many square balls in the first half, we did that uh, one or two, one or two times uh, too often in the in the first half. It, you put yourself under pressure and, and and cause problems for yourself, and therefore it was it was the right thing to do. After the Newcastle game, a few questions were raised by some about the team spirit players arguing with each other is that something you felt in any way a need to address no definitely not today but of course it always has to do with the chronology of the game i mean when you're after seven minutes at newcastle one nil down against uh, a counter-attacking team uh, it doesn't make things any easier and um, today we went one two three nil ahead so it was easier for us uh, with regard to the way that the game developed this win takes you now four points behind Arsenal in fourth with a game in hand. So is, is fourth the minimum? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's the minimum. The other three teams are at the moment too far ahead. Yeah. For us, it's about taking next development steps. And uh, therefore, it was important to win this game today. Now we've got uh, uh, eight wins, uh, eight, eight, eight games in a row uh, without a defeat. Uh, and since I arrived, we have three wins and one draw, which is okay. We've got enough points and it's about taking next steps. So the next game is coming up on the third against Wolves, another not easy team to play. Um, and again, it's about taking next steps. Well, a final point to talk about next steps. The January transfer window opens. Will there be arrivals? Are you targeting players? Well, my focus is on the current players. And as I said, we have enough players uh, in the squad. Uh, so there is no, lock, no lack of number of players. And um, transfer window in the winter, transfers in the winter only make sense if they really help you, if they increase the quality. Um, and... So far, we haven't spoken about that. My focus in the last couple of weeks uh, was on the current squad. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. Yeah, so that was Ragnick talking about the performance against Burnley. Before we move on to the Wolves game, he did mention transfers there. Now, I don't want to go too deep into transfers on this show. I'll probably talk about that more so on the next show because we're only previewing a third-round FA Cup game. But it does look like at the moment that the Pogba and Lingard situations are going to run to the summer. It looks like Lingard could be out it looks like Pogba could be out unless he doesn't get an offer from anybody else he wants to play for. And then Man United are probably going to end up being the only club that want to pay his ridiculous wages. I'm all for Pogba leaving the club. I think he represents that kind of culture that is toxic to the dressing room. And I think it would be good for us to get rid of Paul Pogba. It hasn't worked. It's worked periodically. He's had a good a month or two here and there but overall he hasn't been consistent at all since he signed for the club and I think it's time for Paul Pogba to go but I don't think uh, he's going to go unless a Paris Saint-Germain or Real Madrid or a Juventus come in for him and offer him that big fat contract and the wages that Manchester United are paying otherwise I think he's a money driven player and I think he'll end up staying at Man United uh, Anthony Martial looks to be going he may even go out on loan now and um, Edison Cavani looks like a player that we're desperate to keep Ralph Ragnick actually spoke specifically about Cavani and if you listen to his comments in this clip that I'm going to play you it looks very much like Cavani and Ronaldo at a combined age of 70, are going to be the key front two strikers here for Manchester United under Ralph Ragnick. Have a listen to this. Hi, Ralph. I just wanted to ask about Edison Cavani again. There's been lots of speculation about his future for the rest of the season. I just wanted to know if you've had any conversations with him about that and, and whether you expect him to be Manchester United player for the rest of the season. Yes, we had quite a few conversations in the last couple of weeks. Probably the player with with whom I have spoken most um, 
Yeah, I, I told him from the very first day that for me he's a highly important player. He's probably probably the only one who can play as a striker back to goal and face to goal. So, um, and he's, as I said, his, prof his professionalism, his work ethic is just, is just amazing. And um, I told him that I desperately want him to stay uh, and uh, stay until the end of the season. Yeah, and he knows that. Uh, he also knows how highly I rate him and how, how highly I respect him. And that was also the reason why I played him today from the, from the beginning together with Cristiano. Simon Stone? Hi, Ralph. Just following up on that, um, you said when you first came that you didn't have uh, too few players. Do you envisage letting some go? I mean, we obviously know about Martial. It just seems as though you do have a lot of players in the squad. Yes, but it depends. And I... I think you will understand that I don't want to speak about individual players now in the public. Um, I know from some players that they would want to leave. Um, we spoke about uh, Eddie uh, and he knows that I will definitely not let him go. Um, for me, he's a highly important player for the rest of the season, still playing in three competitions. So we will definitely need Eddie. I would rather have another Eddie on top of that. Um, but uh, for me, it's clear that Eddie has to stay. And with regard to the other players, yes, our squad is maybe a little bit too big with regard to numbers, but we still have COVID, or again COVID. Uh, we have three competitions, as I said, and I think we could do with um, a bigger squad than maybe in times without COVID. So, yeah, as you can clearly tell from listening to that clip, Edison Cavani seems to be a player who's going to be staying. He's not going to be going in his window and he's an important player to Ralph Ragnick. And he has proved to be important in every game that he's played so far this season. He's had an impact. He's looked decent. We've looked better when we've had him in the side. So it does look like Edison Cavani is going to stay. And that means he's forced himself into the position in the front two, which means that Rashford and Greenwood may be competing for one of the wide positions along with Jaden Sancho, because it's very unlikely that Bruno Fernandes is going to be removed from his wide position, even though it's not his preference. He prefers to play in the middle, but it looks like Ralph Ragnick is going to continue temporarily, at least with this 4-2-2-2 system. So moving on to this game here against Wolves, Man United are currently the... 8 to 15 favourites to pick up the win. You can find a better price than that if you shop around. I've seen some 4 to 7. It's 3 to 1 here on the draw, and it's 11 to 2 here on Wolves. As I outlined when I touched on the game earlier, this is going to be a difficult game for Man United. I could definitely see a cagey game here where Man United just win it 1 0 eke it out with a decent moment of quality, but that will involve us keeping a clean sheet. Now, obviously, that's something we haven't done too often this season, but it has improved under Ralph Ragnick because we've kept two clean sheets in his four games in charge so far and have won three of those. The Newcastle performance and the Norwich performances were obviously very, very poor and Norwich should have scored against us, but they didn't. But it was an improvement against Burnley. If you look at the Burnley goal, it was a very good moment of quality from Aaron Lennon. And I think Wolves would have to probably produce that moment of quality to score against us again. Varane didn't start that game. Varane ended up being rested and rotated and ended up coming on as a substitute. Hopefully he's better and more ready to play. And if he is, that gives me more hope that Man United will be able to keep a clean sheet here. Wolves have actually lost to nil in four of their six clashes with sides above them, while Man United have won four of their last five meetings between the two. 
Um, the visitors have scored just 13 goals in 18 league games this season. Wolves have failed to score in five of the last six games and Man United have won four of the last five meetings between the pairs, as I just outlined, including the 1-0 earlier on in the season. But during that game, Wolves were constantly, constantly knocking on the door. And remember at the start of the season, Wolves' expected goals number was way higher than the goals they're putting in the net. Obviously, they've improved upon that as they've moved up the table, but they still expect a very, very difficult game against Wolves, despite the fact that Man United have a decent record against them. If you look back at Man United's games against Wolves, you actually need to go nine games back to find a game that was decided by more than a single goal. The last eight meetings between Man United and Wolves have seen Wolves beat Man U 2-1, a 1-0 draw at Wolves, a 0-0 at Wolves, a 1-0 for Man United, a 0-0 at Man United, a 1-0 for Man United, a 2-1 win for Man United at Wolves, and Man United's 1-0 at Wolves last time out. So there could be some value on taking Wolves plus 1.5 goals here to avoid a defeat by more than a goal because I don't see Manchester United winning this by more than a goal. I think if Man United win this to nil, they will be eking out a 1-0 result. So you may be better off just taking the 1-0 scoreline, which is available at 7-1 or taking Wolves here to continue that trend of not losing to Manchester United by more than a goal. And Wolves at plus 1.5 are available here at 4-7. to seven. That's the same price that Man United are on the money line. You do have to lay a little bit of juice, but as I said, you're taking something that has occurred in the last eight meetings between these two teams because they are always tight games. I also like the play here on the under. Under two and a half goals in this game is available at 4-5. to five. So, lots of different ways to bet this. I do personally think Man United will eke out the win, but I think it will be a tight, tight game. And I think much like the last game against Burnley, you could just go with Man United and under four and a half goals. That one here is available at four to five. That's actually a better price than the Burnley game because obviously Wolves are a better side. But I think this is much, much more likely to get anywhere near the under to get near the four point five goal mark. The Burnley game was obviously tight, and being that Man United were three 0 up at one point and three one up at half time, and only needed one goal in the second half to lose that bet, we were very, very, to, very, very lucky to come through with the winner. But I don't think we need as much luck this time. I think your main danger is Wolves actually getting something from this game. So I think Man United and under four and a half goals once again is the way I'll be playing this game. I'm seeing it here at four to five. I'm seeing the best price of 5 to 6 minus 120 available. So that concludes another edition of Bet MUFC. I'll be back at the weekend looking at the game against Aston Villa which takes place next Monday but as we do have a little bit of a break now I will finally be releasing that Champions League preview. I'll also be touching on the Europa League and the Europa Conference League as well. The Champions League preview will be looking at the futures and all of the ties that were drawn in the last 16. And that will include Manchester United's trip to Atletico Madrid. So that Champions League show will be available soon as we do have a little bit of a break to the weekend where we'll be doing another edition of the EPL show. But that edition of the EPL show will be covering the third round of the FA Cup. We'll be looking at selected fixtures. And of course, we'll also see this weekend the return of Scamessa Italia. But for BetMUFC, that's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.